One of the, uh, the title of my message this morning is Above All Else. Above All Else. In other words, above everything else, there's something that is more important than anything else. And so the title of my message is Above All Else. How many knows that in today's world, the world is, the, really, the world really wants your attention? Billions and billions of dollars are spent just to get your attention. The world will spend no telling how much money just so that you can use their cosmetics, women. <laughs> They'll spend money on Planet Fitness. Spend a lot of money so that you can buy a membership that you never use. They spend a lot of money so that you can dodge, drive a Dodge Ram truck. And all the Dodge people said. <laughs> Isn't it true, though, that social media, they, they've gone off the deep end on advertisement. It's not really social media anymore. It's, it's more about what we want you to spend your money on. Yeah. And it's always interesting to me that they think that the, the church wants your money. <laughs> Everybody wants your money. Everybody wants my money. And it's just kind of the way of the world. But above all else... Above all else, there's something that is more important than anything else. I want to pray. Holy Spirit, we felt your presence today. And for that, we could actually just dismiss some prayer and say that it's been so good to be in the presence of God. So we don't take that lightly. We do believe today, Lord, that you have a word for each and every one of us. That you do have a plan for us, for our lives. Uh, I thank you, Lord, for your peace. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are patient with us and that your love never fails, that it never runs out that you are for us, not against us, that you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother, that you are a holy God that's made room for us in your holy world. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. When I was a little kid, we used to sing a song. It would be, be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little Hands what you do. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little hands, what you do. Be careful, little feet, where you go. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful, little ears, what you hear, what you allow, what you personally allow to come into your life will affect you and become a part of your character. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the gift of discernment. We all need discernment, do we not? Who doesn't need more discernment? To discern what is from God and what is from the world. What is good for us and what is not good for us. What is healthy spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially. Everything that is healthy for us. We need that. And the good things, the scripture says, are from God. The good and perfect things that we all need are from God. So be careful what we let come into our mind. And so I made up a new one. Be careful, little brain, what you think. <laughs> I wrote steers, 
And when I rope steers, I put uh, protective boots on my horses, on their front legs and their back legs, because when they're performing, sometimes they'll interfere with themselves and they'll hit each other, hit their, hit their leg, and they'll bruise their bone or bruise their leg or cause a tendon to be bad. So I put protective boots on them to protect them from themselves. We're going to put some boots on today. Above all else, the book of Proverbs, I'm going to go back. I, I, I may have talked about this a few weeks back, but I, I didn't even look back because <laughs> sometimes it's not healthy to look back. I didn't look back to see what I preached about because I didn't want to be influenced by not preaching about it if that's what God wanted me to preach about. So if you heard this part of this sermon before, you need it again. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Another, another translation says, guard your mind. Because what you allow to come into your mind, it comes down into your heart. And the, the heart has the issues of life. Without a heart, we all die, right? So with spiritually speaking, we have to have a pure and contrite heart before God. And above all else, the most important thing for you to take care of is your heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1, I don't ever really, when I was preaching, I don't ever really remember reading the entire chapter to the church. My, my reason for that is because you have it already. And I feel like I need to preach other things that you don't have, but I don't feel that way today. I feel like I need to read this to you because it's life to us and sometimes many times when we just really get into the word of God it changes us tremendously how many knows that's true yes. Romans or Proverbs chapter 4 verse 1 listen everybody say listen, listen. <laughs> I just want to pause there for a minute listen my sons to the father's instruction so we know the Solomon King Solomon wrote this Wrote, wrote the Proverbs. So he says, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention. My daddy always told that to me. Anybody, your daddy ever told you pay attention? I mean, like, all the time. Apparently, I didn't pay very close attention because it seemed like he was always saying, pay attention. And then after that, in verse 1, it says, and gain understanding. In other words, we won't ever gain understanding until we... Oh, y'all so smart. <laughs> verse 2. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father. Who was Solomon's father? David, King David still tender and cherished by my mother, Bathsheba. Yep. <laughs> Verse 4. Then he taught me, and he said to me, take hold of my words with some of your heart. Oh, oh, it's good. It's a good thing y'all brought your Bibles over here in this section over here. <laughs> it doesn't say pay attention with some of your heart. It says pay attention with all, all right, all your heart. Just check and see if y'all brought your Bibles this morning. Keep my commands and you will live. That's good wisdom. Then it says, verse 5, get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Because when we get wisdom, then we understand. Verse 6, do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. 
do not forsake wisdom. She, isn't it funny how in the Bible it, it's a female pronoun when it's talking about wisdom? Oh, you women know what I'm talking about. I, I, don't, I don't get it, but it's just, I'm just saying. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. In other words, this culture and this world that we live in is full of fear. And we need protection from someone. And we, excuse me, we need to have, we need to have peace about information that we don't have. We need to have peace about information that we don't have. You know what that's, that's called faith. You don't need faith if you already have what you prayed for. But faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's kind of like we, we talk about that, that little saying that says if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's around, does it make any noise? My response to that is, who cares? Faith is the substance of the, the only reason it's a substance because we have faith in it. It's something that's hopeful. So we have faith in hope. And there's the evidence. The evidence is God's word, but we haven't seen it yet, but we believe it. Why? Because God said it. When we believe God and we trust God, and when God speaks, somebody help me here. When God speaks, we are going to respond with yes, because he is always right. He's always right. Wisdom and get understanding. I just don't understand. We need more wisdom. Can you say amen to that? So do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though, listen to me, though it costs all you have, Oh, <laughs> though it costs all you have, get wisdom. Oh, well, I don't know if I'm willing to give up everything. You know who's talking here, right? The richest man in the world. He's got more money than all y'all put together. Amen. This guy named Solomon right here. And he grew up in a world where his daddy had all he had. He was, his daddy, David, King David, had everything he wanted. And then King David, he says, my son. And, and Solomon remembers that. He says, in all you're getting, get wisdom. He said, don't put so much emphasis on getting all this stuff that wears out that you've got to buy a, a guaranteed policy for. And, and then they're going to call you back and see if you can renew that guaranteed policy. Listen, wisdom is something that will stay with you if you value wisdom. Because when you get wisdom, you get understanding. Now, let me say this. Knowledge is, is a little bit different. Knowledge is a little bit different. We have a lot of smart people in our world today, but there's not much wisdom in them. We have a lot of knowledge spitting out everywhere, but there's no wisdom because there's no understanding. I had a, a, a guy that came to church a long time ago, and he, he, he was bragging to me, and he said he read the Bible through two times that year. I said, well, that's good. How much of it did you really understand? Because it's not so much about bragging how much we accomplish. It's about how much comes into our heart and into our mind where we can understand and navigate through life in a healthy way and have peace in the process and peace in the creator because he knows everything. And listen to me, when we know the one that knows everything, we have all we need. It costs. Uh, verse 8 cherish her and she will exalt you embrace her and she will honor you she will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with glorious crown listen my son accept what I say 
Have you ever been talking to your kids and you knew that they really needed to hear what you were saying, but the light wasn't on? One of the greatest gifts, kids, that you can give to your parents or to your grandparents is to accept what they say when they're speaking the word of God. Listen, my son, accept what I say. In other words, please don't doubt what I say when I'm speaking wisdom to you about life. It says, uh, what I say, and the years of your life will be many. Instruct you in the way, I, I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along the straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Hang on to instruction. Now, I know we got a lot of men here. And, uh, us men, I don't know it's a DNA thing, but we don't really like to read instructions. We can like, we, we got it. And then we walk, we go, we, we just use those words. Hey, I got this. And then after we can't get it put together, then we go back and read the instructions. We need instructions. Can all the men say it? All the men said. Hold on to instructions. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or the way in the way of the evildoer. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way, for they cannot rest until they do evil. I don't know if anybody has any friends like that. They can't rest until they do evil. Listen to this next part. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. Your friends and my friends, if I give in to them and they cause me to stumble, they're not really my friends and I don't really need them as friends. If I'm influencing them toward Christ, then that's a good thing. But if they're influencing me away from Christ, I'm not strong enough to be in their presence and I need to. Amen. Because they're not going to stumble till they get you drunk. They're not going to stumble till they get you doing the drug, till they get you doing the things. that They're they're not going to quit until they get you where they want you. It's called peer pressure and everybody has it. Young people and old people alike. But we need to be careful, don't we? We need to pay, a, pay attention. Pay attention. Guard, guard our heart. Do not turn to the right or the left and keep your foot from evil. Verse 9, understanding will be a guard of grace to your head. Guard your heart. You see, what begins as gratitude, appreciation for grace, many times arrives in an attitude of self-admiration and arrogance. Isn't it funny how God gives us grace and then he elevates us because he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto you. And then he said that he would, he would raise us up as leaders in the community. But then after we get raised up, we, forgot, we forget how we got there. And it's important for us not to allow the, the pride and arrogance that of, of God's gift to us. How many know God's given you a big gift? And he's put a lot of trust and he's put a lot of confidence in you. And he knows that, that, that your, your abilities and, and the gifts that he's put in you are tremendous. We always have to remember where we came from and who gave us what we have. Because if God created us and God made us, then he is the one that is responsible for us. And then we are responsible to him for our actions. So the victories, God lifted up Saul, the very first king. You remember that. The very first king lifted him up. 
And then after a while, after Saul was king for a while, then he, he was like, look what I've done. And then when he went against the commandments of the Lord, he said, but I have, but I have done the command. He had bought into his own deception that he didn't even know that he'd been deceived. So when we buy into deception, uh, the, the challenge that we have with, with deception is when we're deceived, we don't even know that we're deceived because we're deceived. And if we're deceived, we don't even know it. That's why we need Jesus when we need the Holy Spirit to convict us and for us to have a humble, teachable spirit and say, God, I don't have all this figured out. Can somebody say amen to that? I just don't have it all figured out. But I know you have the answer for everything that I'm going through. And if there's something in me that is separating me from you, the thing that you call sin, and you have given me a specific word and I've not adhered to that word, I really do want to know it. Only humble people will pray that prayer. Only humble people will pray the prayer of saying, God, is there any deception in my life? I would just like, as your preacher today, I just challenge you. Double dog dare you to pray the prayer. God, what deception have I bought into? It's a good prayer. I recommend it. So what happens is the victories of our past can never be the security of our future. The victories of our past can never be the security of our future because we don't ever really arrive till we get to heaven. First Corinthians 10, 12 Apostle Paul said this. He said, if you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. There's an old song we used to sing. I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I thought that number one would surely be me. And I forgot the rest, but he says something like that. <laughs> that I could be all I want to be. And then I built my life on on life sinking sand, and I found out that I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Something like that. Can't walk through life. You see, the least likely thing in our lives can bring the greatest danger to our lives. The, the, the least likely things in our life can sometimes bring the greatest danger to our lives. Did you know that everything you do, most everything you put your hand to, can either be good for you or good to you, or it can be tremendously bad or evil in your life? Computers, they can be really good. It can be really bad. That, that pickup you drove, it can be a blessing to you or it could kill you. What else? Phones. I'm, I'm telling you what, I got, I got a, uh, a, an account on who's one of those social media. wasn't TikTok, but it was the other one. Them things are nasty. There's a lot of nasty stuff on there. I, I had to get it off my phone because I'm not that strong. Parents, man, you got a big job. You see, almost anything in life can be used to glorify God or it can be used for evil. There was something in, you remember Peter, the apostle Peter, he, the guy that, that Jesus told him, uh, he said he, was gonna, he wanted to walk on water and so Jesus told him to come come to him and Peter walked on water and the scripture says he took his eyes off of Jesus and went down and Jesus picked him up and uh, and people criticized Peter for for uh, going down because he took his eyes off of Jesus but you think about it he's really the only guy that got out of the boat he's the only guy that walked I mean he walked on water you can't sit I had a friend of mine he was a real holy guy he thought he wanted to walk on water and so he he'd been 
praying about it and everything, and he got a bunch of people out there, and, and he was one of the faith preachers, and uh, he told me he was all going to walk, they have faith, and so he, they're all there, and they pray and everything, and he steps into the swimming pool, true story, I'm, true story, he steps into the swimming pool and just sinks like, a, like an anchor. And then he realizes that he didn't have much faith because he didn't have his good boots on and his good hat and everything. So he goes back up in the hotel room, puts his good hat on, his good boots on, and, and he goes out and they pray again. And he steps off, sinks like an anchor. And uh, this is a true story. Things happen in cowboy world that you can't understand, really. <laughs> so... He said, he said, while he was standing there, while he was in the water uh, holding on to the side, he said, God spoke to him. <laughs> he, said, he said, I told Peter to walk on water, not you. Matthew chapter 26, verse 31, then Jesus told him, told Peter this very night, you will fall away on account of me. He told Peter, you're going to fall away on account of me. Uh, and then for it is written, and he quoted, I think it was in Isaiah, where he said, I will strike the shepherd and the shepherd of the flock will be scattered. Jesus quoted that scripture. And then verse 32, it says, but after I have risen, Jesus said this, after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. He said, you're going to mess up big time. Anybody relate, don't raise your hand. <laughs> he said, you're going to mess up big time. But he said, uh, listen, after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. He didn't say, when you mess up, you're out of here. He's not like some of our friends or family. This, this, is, this is Jesus talking. This is, this is the one that we sing about. All, all, we sang about him all morning. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He, he's never going to leave you, never forsake you, take care of you. And then verse 33, and Peter replied, here's Peter talking even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. What he was saying when Jesus quoted the Old Testament, he was saying, that part of the Bible, Jesus, doesn't apply to me. Now, Jesus, I know you're God, and I know, I know all this, but he said, I don't know what's all, what's all going on, but I'm not ever going to mess up, and I'm going to follow you. And, and by the way, when you quoted that last part, that's not f for me. Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Verse 34, truly I tell you, Jesus answered this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times, not one time, but three times. And Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Anybody ever argue with God? That he doesn't really know your situation or what's going to happen. Let me tell you something. Our faith, and this is, this is part above all else. Faith will take you where you need to go. But fear and pride will keep you from your destiny. And we are all human, so we all have to fight that. There's nobody here that's exempt. Don't, 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 please don't feel like I'm just zeroing you out because everybody in this room needs to hear this. We all need to understand that many times when God says something, we're like, hmm, Thomas. I doubt it. 
Even if I have to die with you, I'll never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. In other words, Jesus, you're right most of the time. <laughs> so one of the things that Peter was right about He said, I will never, I would just submit to you this morning that Peter was completely unaware of himself. Peter had not been honest with himself. I think we're real good at beating ourselves up and tearing ourselves down. I think sometimes we're real good at being arrogant about who we are, but I don't know that we're ever really good about finding that middle ground about understanding who we really are and not getting overboard with our arrogance or underboard with ripping ourselves up. The challenge that I have for you today is that Jesus had a place for Peter, but in order for Peter to get where Peter needed to be, Peter had to understand himself. A few years back, I was roping with a guy, and I was trying to get to be a better healer, rope, rope the feet. I want to be like Jesus. I want to rope the feet, be a healer. <laughs> and, and this guy was going to help me, and he said this, he said, if you'll do what I say, you won't miss again. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, when he said that, I knew I was at the wrong place. <laughs> because I had seen him miss and he even missed while I was there. But he thought his words were, you're not ever going to miss again if you do what I say. It's just not reality. Have you ever been around people that thought they, they were a lot better people than they really were? That they're really good at something like, like, like team ropers. There's a lot of team ropers that think they rope a lot better than they really rope. But to be honest with ourselves and say, this is, this is where I'm at right now. The only way that you can actually get better is to understand where you are now. And it's the same way with living for God. A lot of times if we're not careful, and I say this in the most humble way I know how, I don't really want to offend anybody, but if we're, if we're not careful, we'll lie to ourselves about our level of maturity with Christ. Because we really don't want to be immature. But it's challenging on the other side of the spectrum to be who God's called us to be and to step out by faith knowing that we have that gifting inside of us to do exceedingly abundantly above anything that anybody could ask or think that God would do something in me that is better than, than, than I could have ever imagined. It's hard for me to buy into that. But if we're not careful, we'll, we'll either be on one side of the pendulum where we rip ourselves down or we'll be on the other side of the pendulum where we're, we build ourselves so much, we've got so much arrogance in us that, that nobody can talk to us, nobody can teach us anything. But to be in the middle of the road and say, God, I am going to depend on you above all else. I need your heart. I need your wisdom. I need to take every thought captive. I need to pay attention to what you're saying to me and then respond with what you've called me to do there's a big challenge for the church today Amen. it's a big challenge Amen. so Peter he was unaware of himself and what Peter said he said I would never I don't know if you've ever said that or not made that declaration oh I'd never do that I never and then he winds up doing it. Oh, and then you beat yourself up. So Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Simon, Simon, Simon Peter. This is what Jesus said. He said, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. 
And Jesus said this, but I have prayed for you. <laughs> he says, Satan has asked to, this is, y'all stay with me. Please stay with me here. He says, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. And then he said, Jesus said, I have prayed for you. Who does Jesus pray to? God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. So we got Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, the triune Godhead, one who is all on us. They want us to be all that we can be. But he says, Satan has asked to sift you. Is there anybody here feel like you've been through some sifting lately? And my question, if we're not careful, we'll ask that question. Well, why would Jesus let Satan sift me? That just doesn't seem right. I don't think that's right. I don't want to be sifted. I don't like sifting. Jesus said, but I pray for you, Simon, that your faith, listen to me, that your faith, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. In other words, that your faith would be strong, but not just that your faith would be strong, but that you could help strengthen the other people that you live around. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. He still doesn't get the picture. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you'll deny me three times that you know me. Verse 54, then seizing him, they led him away, Jesus, and took him into the house of the high priest. And Peter followed at a distance. That was part of the problem. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight, and she looked closely at him and said this man was with him but he denied it and he said woman I do not know him there it is there it is truer words y'all stay with me here Truer words were never spoken when Peter said, I do not know him. He spent all that time, three years with him. Still didn't know him. Peter needed sifting. And I believe it's just me, the preacher, talking, but I believe that we, and I'm going to put myself in this, I believe we all need a little sifting this morning. Sifting wheat, it refers to after wheat has been harvested, one of the steps in preparing it for use is to sift or to thresh it. This is also known as separating the wheat from the chaff. The separating that which is good and unusable from that which is useless. I want to be filled with what is useful and I want everything that is useless to be sifted. So was it a bad thing that Jesus allows Satan to sift Peter because there was a sifting that needed to take place. When Jesus always has our best interests at heart, and first of all, we've all got to understand that God always wants what's good for us, that he is good, he has our best interest at heart. Everything he has, is, he is trustworthy and faithful. And everything he has is for us. But then he said, I just want to say this to you. If we need sifting, we should embrace the sifting. 
And too many times we let fear take a hold of us. We, let, we, we badmouth ourselves because, because we messed up and, and we don't learn the lesson. So we have to go back through the lesson again. And then it's like, oh, I just don't have any peace in my life. Just accept the sifting and let the things that are useless in you leave so that the things that are useful, when a, when a fruit tree is pruned of the useless branches, the useful branches are much more healthy. So Jesus said that after the resurrection... Some good things are going to happen. And you remember Peter on the day of Pentecost when he was filled with the Holy Spirit. After he'd gone through, everybody say gone through. When he'd gone through the sifting on the day of Pentecost, he preached to 5,000 people. No, 5,000 of them got saved, didn't they? 3,000. Well, give or take. 3,000 gave their heart to the Lord when he's preaching 5,000. This was the Peter that was so wishy-washy before. But because he embraced the sifting and he accepted the Holy Spirit and he was filled with the Spirit because you know, you've heard, heard me say it before, if you're not full of the Spirit, you're probably full of something else. <laughs> right? So let's be full of the Spirit So I want to say this, victory generally follows the day of your greatest defeat. A couple of years ago, we, we, uh, Darlene and I went on a, on a cruise and it was, and we uh, stopped at different places and we stopped at different uh, and toured a lot of different churches in Europe. Beautiful churches. I mean, I mean gorgeous buildings. I love uh, uh, stained glass. I think it's just pretty when the light's shining through it. It's just I mean, I'm kind of romantic anyway. You might not guess that, but kind of romantic. And they would charge us to get into the churches a lot of times. And it was interesting to me that the place that was designed to, for the presence of God to live and for people to enjoy the presence of God, that the presence of God really wasn't there. It was just an old, cold building. Jesus said this. He said, all authority, everybody say all authority. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. You know what that really means? It means that no matter what's happening in our world today, Jesus has authority over it. And when we know the one who has authority then we can navigate in faith and confidence and guard our heart and guard our mind and guard our thinking knowing by faith everything is going to be all right in the long run. It's going to be all right. But if we're not careful, we will allow the influence of the world, the billions of dollars that are spent to manipulate your mind and my mind, will allow the world to manipulate us where we buy into a partial gospel. And anytime we buy into a partial gospel, it is not, a, not the full gospel of Jesus. So we have to be careful to guard our hearts and what we allow to come into our thinking and to be willing to make adjustments and to be truthful with ourselves as to who we are and then take it from there and grow in Christ Jesus. Above all else. Above all else. Guard your heart. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your love, Lord, this morning. I pray, God, that everything that you've put in us, oh God, would 
sink down deep into our hearts so we might understand and after we have understanding that that understanding will be translated to wisdom and that, that we will translate, it, translate that into a lifestyle of obedience and, and love for you. Give us, a, give us a passion for your word and for the truth, oh God, to where we seek after you and with all of our hearts. Help us, oh God, to understand that the valuable things are not things at all, but they're our personal relationship with you, that you have that wisdom. And when we tap into your wisdom, then our heart is filled with purpose and love. I thank you, Lord, for everybody. I pray, oh God, that you just help everybody in this room, oh God. Holy Spirit, uh, begin to, to, to translate this message, oh God, into our hearts. That as we walk through this week, oh God, that we would take these words and that they would elevate into our heart and our minds, oh God, so that we could follow you closely, Lord. And uh, if we need sifting, oh God, that you would please sift us, bring discipline into our lives. Because we understand being human that there many times we... we, we we do lack discipline, and so we pray for that. Everybody here, help us to be better disciplined people when it comes to following you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him, the first step to wisdom is knowing God and knowing Jesus. Jesus said that he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. But the, the, the point is, is that it's a personal relationship. That's where that authority comes in. He has the authority over death. The church doesn't have that authority. Only Jesus has that. That's why we worship Jesus and we don't worship the church. So this morning, if you've never accepted him as your personal savior, maybe if you have and you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. Yep, thank you, partner. Leave your hand up till we get a Bible in it, please. Anybody else? Yep, over here. Thank you. Right here. Yep, thank you. Leave your hand up till we get a Bible. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. I, I, just, I just don't want to go another day without Jesus. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. I need to get my heart right. I need to get my life right. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Yep, back there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, leave your hands up till leave your hands up until we get a Bible in them, please. Anybody else? Slip your hands up. Give us just a minute here. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. It's the greatest decision. It's a it's it's not a trick question. It's like it's the greatest gift of God. It, it's just, this is for your benefit, not for anybody else's benefit but you. God's made it all about you. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. If you raised your hand, would you mind looking up at me? Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? Back in the back, if you raise your hand, come on up and let me pray with you. Come on, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, back in the back. Yep, thank you. I'm so proud of y'all. Yep, thank you. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's a great privilege. I'm so proud of you, my friend. Tell me your name again. Michael Ballard. Michael, bless you, buddy. What's your name? Name's Aaron. What is it? Aaron. Aaron, bless you. And what's your name? Heather. Heather, bless your heart. So, listen, this, this whole day is really about y'all. I mean, we're just, we're just kind of part of the deal, but, but this, is, this is a new deal for y'all. Jesus said you must be born again. So you want to, you've heard this phrase before? You must be born again. What he's saying is we, we were born of the flesh when we were born with our mama, but born of the spirit is different. He said, if you want to inherit the kingdom of God, you must be born again. So today is, is that day for y'all. And so that's why it's so, so important. So I want to, what I want to do, I want to help you invite Christ to come into your heart and your life. And uh, just repeat after me. Can you do that? Okay, let's pray. Y'all help us. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, 
I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me say this to you. From this, from this day on, you're going to have the same problems that you had when you came in, but you'll be able to deal with them differently. And you're not going to be perfect, so don't, don't let the devil lie to you about that. But keep, keep showing up. A lot of people, they come down and they give the heart to the Lord, but we don't ever see them again. You're going to have to intentionally make effort to stay with Jesus, okay? Is that a deal? I'm proud of y'all. Go visit those guys for a minute. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, buddy. I'm so proud of you. Hey, go visit with them. Hold on just a sec. Go visit with those guys for just a sec if you don't mind. Thank you. Stand with me, please. Y'all be nice to everybody in the parking lot because I, I went a little over. If God needs to do a little bit of sifting in you, would you raise your hand and say, I, I'm good with it. I'm good with God doing some sifting in me. So, Lord, you see our hands. I pray, oh, God, that you would help us, Lord, to follow you closely. Lord, help us to be honest with ourselves, honest with you. And more than anything, Lord, not to tear ourselves down or, or not to be haughty, but to be who you called us to be in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. We love y'all. God bless you. We got a prayer team. If you need special prayer, we love y'all.